give my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And as always, I am so excited that you decided to show up for yourself, take center stage in your life, and practice vulnerability. That is no small task. Goodness. Look, every stop on this tour has been incredible. And I feel like it just keeps getting better. And I'm like, okay, how? Why? Oh my goodness. But I'm here for it. And this stop is one of those stops, y'all. I think you will hit the rewind, replay, download, subscribe, review, all of that. Because I am sitting down with an incredible woman, a fighter, a warrior, a survivor, someone who I met, I want to say in October, 2020, and we have been connected and I'll, I'll get into how we met, but let me just intro her in really quickly because she is so delightful. I am talking about none other than Miss Patricia Riley. She is the chief fighting officer. I love that. A fight or fight harder. She is a woman who is thriving. She has had her bout with breast cancer, and now she is helping other women say, you know what, it's time to fight harder. And for that, I am so grateful. Help me welcome Patricia Riley to the Get My Life Tour. Oh, thank you so much, Lydia. What an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. You made me feel like I'm somebody. You are somebody. Let me tell you something. From the moment... We met mm-hmm. at Ashley's event, right? That's where it yeah, was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ash, I was like, wait a second, because I know there's more to your story and you ain't even telling it. Wait a second, because someone is going to partner with you and it's not going to be someone else. It is going to be me. And I am so glad you said yes. I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that you asked. It was an honor to me and just as you said when we met at um, the speakers retreat it's like the way that you guys poured into me you Ashley and Janice I was just like I was blown away so it was like you guys were the highlight for the weekend um, for me so I'm grateful to you you are more than welcome you know before I continue to rave about you let everyone know who you are in your own words In my own words, I am, as you said, a breast cancer fighter, survivor, and now thriver. Um, I am a woman that is just trying to walk in her purpose and live with intention every day with purpose and on purpose. With purpose and on purpose. Yes. And you know... I think at times 
when we think about purpose, we're, we're trying to figure that thing out, right? Yeah. But you've been able to navigate purpose in, in real time. And I know that may sound odd to some, but mm-hmm. is it fair to say at some moments the trajectory of your life changed and you had to learn how to navigate your purpose in that way as someone who has fought breast cancer and before you answer the question because I'm gonna be a little long-winded here mm-hmm. y'all so bear with me <laughs> what captivated me about your story was the timeline it yeah. sounds like something out of a movie you're working yeah. you're living your life everything mm-hmm. is good yeah you you know you know life is real but then yeah. You lose your job, and then mm-hmm. in the next moment, you're diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. And you still have the the boldness, the courage, the gratitude to say that I'm living on purpose with purpose. Yeah. And you know what, Lydia? All praises be to God. Because honestly, as you as you said, I was 41 years old when I was diagnosed. No history of breast cancer within my family, living my best life, traveling, had just went to Belize in September to celebrate one of my girlfriend's birthdays. So I was living, you know, Mm. working out, you know, healthy, so I thought. And I just, I had no idea. Um, But it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I literally thought that this was the end. This is how I'm going to die at the age of 41 years old. This is it. And who, like, really at 41 years old is thinking, like, about death? Now, in all honesty, (laughs) I have had thoughts of death, like, wondering how will I die? And so it's like after getting that call on December 10th, of 2018, I was like, this is it. This is it. This is how I'm going to die. And so in that moment with my mom being here with me and receiving that phone call, um, in that moment, I was angry. I was angry with God Mm. because I am a woman of faith. You know, I believe God, go to church, have a relationship with God, pay my tithes and offerings, all that. So, so I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, God, you didn't hear my prayers. You didn't hear my mother's prayers. You didn't hear mm. any of the prayer warriors in my, you didn't hear any of us. And in that moment, I was like, I'm never going back to church. I see why people don't go to church. I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not doing it. Literally, Lydia, no kidding, about an hour later, I was by myself because my mom um, left the house to go with um, my brother to to handle something. So I'm sitting there in that moment and God started to speak to me. We had a conversation and he told me, he said, you are already healed. My daughter, you are already healed. I'm just using you. And so he said to me, and I heard his voice loud, I mean, just so clear. And he said to me, 
what I need you to do is share your journey and what's happening and what's going to happen. You're going to go through something. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but I'm with you and you're already healed. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. (laughs) Sometimes all we need is a word. That's it. That's it. And I needed it in that moment. And God is a God. He allows us to lament. He allows us to ask mm-hmm. him questions. He allows us to go through those roller coasters of emotions that I went through in just that short time frame of one hour, you know. Mm-hmm. But after I heard that I was healed and cancer wasn't going to kill me, oh, we good. Come on, God, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and is that the moment that fight or fight harder? was born or was that the moment where your enthusiasm for life was renewed? Actually, neither. Mm. So in that moment, I was still scared. Mm. I was still scared because, you know, again, getting that phone call, it was not a call that I was expecting. You know, um, leading up to that, I had some pain in my right breast that just would not go away and I felt something um, in my breast like months prior and I I went to the gynecologist she did a breast exam and and everything and she told me she said well um, you're still relatively young so that's just um, your breast you have dense tissue so it's nothing to be alarmed about that's not a lump Um, then she asked me, she said, have you had a mammogram as of yet? I said, no, I haven't. She's like, okay, well, you're over 40 now. Again, I was 41. She said, so I'm just going to write this prescription out for a mammogram, but it's nothing to be concerned about. Okay. So life was still happening. I wasn't concerned about it. I did not immediately go and get that mammogram because Mm -hmm. at that point I wasn't having any symptoms. I wasn't having the breast pain or anything like that. But that summer, I started to um, get sick quite often. And I kept going to the emergency room, going to the doctor. They chalked it up as anxiety. They were like, they ran all kinds of tests. Mm. All kinds of tests didn't find anything. So now fast forward to November of 2018. um, Now this breast pain starts to come and it doesn't go away. And so in talking to people, you know, friends around me, they're like, you know, it's probably a cyst. You know, I've dealt with that before. You know, it's common in African-American women. So I'm thinking that cancer was the furthest thing from my mind. It truly was. So anyway, um, going back to your question, in that moment, the day that I got that phone call stating that I had um, breast cancer, again, even after hearing God say, that I was still healed, I was still scared mm. because I didn't know what, what to expect. I didn't know, you know, what the treatment plan was going to be. I didn't know what else the doctors were going to say. So I was, I was on edge and filled with anxiety, anticipating that doctor's appointment that was coming up that was going to be four hours long. Mm. And so, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, So it wasn't until literally days before my first treatment 
in January. My first treatment was two days after my 42nd birthday on January 11th. So I was not looking forward to my birthday. Didn't really feel like, you know, celebrating or anything like that. But it was in a conversation with my sister-in-law, Lisa. She called me after getting the news and, you know, she was emotional and she said, you know, Trish, I, I just can't believe this. She's like, I cannot believe this. She said, but we need you here. We need you here. We need you fighting. And so I told her, I said, Lisa, look, I only have two choices to fight or fight harder. And she's like, I know that's right. So not even thinking like it just rolled off of my tongue in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. again, a God thing. <laughs> so it wasn't until I was going through my treatment, going through chemo, that I noticed women that did not have the support system that I had. Like I had a schedule of friends and family to go to my six treatments. Everyone was like, just put me on the list. Let me come in. Let me get in where I fit in. Yes. And so, um, so at the hospital, I can only have four people at a time. So off the top, my mom and my sister were like, oh, we're going to be there every treatment. So whichever one of your friends you want to come, that's fine. But, you know, no, we're, we're right this thing out. And so I saw um, a lot of other women did not have that. And it, Lydia, it truly broke my heart to see women going through such a horrific time alone. And so it was, I think it was around my third or fourth treatment. I had a conversation with my sister on the way to, um, on the way to the hospital. And I told her, I think, you know, I want to, um, I want to be able to pour into other women that's going through this. So I was like, maybe, you know, just after I'm done with my treatment, come and sit with other women and provide support um, that they may need. And so, um, so my sister was like, yeah, she's like, maybe starting a foundation. I was like, yeah, I said, like a nonprofit foundation. She's like, what would you name it? And I sat there and I looked at her, I was like, fight or fight harder. Mm. She's <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Uh, I, I really appreciate those God moments when yes. words, when names and things of that nature come to us mm-hmm. so easily. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. But it's almost like it's we have cool. to be open and you were open to the word about your yeah. healing. And it just yeah. came. It just came. I also love your best friend or your friend Lisa saying, I know that's right. Okay. That is us all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to me, there's something deeper about that statement now. Right. Like, I know that's right. Like, I know. Yeah. Right. Some yeah. things we know. And then there are things we know for sure. Like Oprah says. Yeah. But it just came to you. Right. Yeah. So. While you were still afraid, you trusted mm-hmm. and believed for your healing. Yeah. And you lost an assignment. Yeah. You had eyes to see things differently, right? You had a different yeah. perspective and vantage point uh, from those who just went into the room, sat in the waiting room, yeah. received their tr- You were able to see the women who were often overlooked. Yeah. There's so many layers to this, right? I want to ask you uh, first about 
perceiving the word, mm-hmm. trusting and believing, being afraid, and being mm-hmm. on assignment. What do yeah. you know now for sure after having that experience? What I know for sure is this is one of the things that I was created to do. Mm. This is what I've been purposed to do. Now, purpose doesn't always look pretty. Breast cancer was not pretty. The fight was not pretty. Although I tried my best every time I went into chemo to look pretty because I wanted to (laughs) feel feel somewhat normal. So I went in all the time with my pink lips and camouflage in pink, i.e. the camouflage sweater today. But it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, you know, but I knew that God was holding me accountable. I knew that I had to complete this assignment, you know, and even though some days did not always feel good, I didn't always feel like, okay, I'm going to be healed. Lydia, there were times that I um, went through the treatment, the chemo treatment, and the next morning I would wake up surprised that I woke up. Woke up wow. like I'm still here. Wow. You know, so that was a testament right there that I'm here on purpose. Because if I was done, I would be dead. Mm. Yeah, Patricia, (laughs) you know, so many of us subscribe to these stories that, you know, these prominent and well-known organizations share with us. And those Mm -hmm. are the stories we know. Yeah, we see the pink ribbon. Yeah, it's marketed and it is Mm -hmm. sold. High dollar values everywhere. Absolutely, right? yeah. But then there's the other side of that, and that is how Black women are treated in the healthcare system mm. and the costs associated with being ill. Mm. And the costs associated with being overlooked. Yes. As a Black woman. Yes. I think so many of us know women in our families or friends, uh, our friends groups who have battled with breast cancer, but we often Mm -hmm. don't hear their stories. We may hear that one day they don't feel good. You know, sometimes we get an inkling that they rather not be here. Right. Because we don't know what Mm -hmm. that feels like, but I really appreciate you sharing, you know, Mm -hmm. what you've shared thus far about your journey. Mm -hmm. My goodness. And I'm so grateful for Fight or Fight Harder. Mm -hmm. You you. know, you are more than welcome. What was your experience like uh, being a Black woman, right? And you had your support system, which is incredible, and the desire to be that for other people. But what was it like navigating that, you know, the healing process and speaking to different specialists and going to the doctors and choosing to fight harder. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up 
Um, very good observation um, because there are disparities in um, the Black communities as it pertains to health care, um, just going to the doctor, the type of care that we receive. And so in going back to when I was first diagnosed, so the doctor that diagnosed me and the hospital that diagnosed me, I did not receive um, care there. And let me tell you why. So, and um, I won't name them, <laughs> but um, because it is, um, it is a good hospital here in Chicago. But the call that I received and the delivery that I received of the news was not good. It did not make me feel as though I wasn't just a number, that I wasn't just another woman diagnosed with breast cancer, that I wasn't just another statistic. So when I answered the phone, the doctor said, hi, Patricia, this is Dr. such and such calling uh, with your results. Yeah, so we did find breast cancer and um, your right breast. We found three lumps. So I do not know the stage, um, but we want to go ahead and set up an appointment with you um, for um, to meet with a team of doctors. It's going to be about five or six doctors that you meet up with. Are you available this Friday if we go ahead and set that up? No, no way. I'm sorry, what? I kid you not. My mother is my witness. After she said cancer, I literally just fell into my mother's arms because I'm like, is she speaking with this much enthusiasm? I mean, no bedside manner at all. And so my mother is trying to be strong for me and fight back tears, but then she starts, you know, crying. And again, after that, I didn't hear anything after you have breast cancer. So I went through with the appointment <laughs> that she set up that Friday and that was even worse. So my mom, my sister and I, we get into the appointment and we met with the um, oncologist first. And so he comes in with this big book, this big book and he starts going through the process and what the treatment plan would be. And I mean, he's like skimming through it like he left the car running. So my goodness. I'm I'm sitting there like, is this, is this real? Is this for real? And my sister, she asked, she's like, so do we know what caused the breast cancer? He's like, you know, we're gonna do some genetic testing to see if she's carrying the gene. Um, if she's not carrying the gene, then I mean. You know, 85% of it is just bad luck. It's, it's no probably way. just bad luck. I. Yeah. I cannot. I can't make this up, Lydia. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what he said. The look on my sister's face. I said, uh-oh, that. That in the south side of Chicago, Inglewood is about to come up. She, my sister leaned up. She said, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, I mean, and he repeated it. Same tone, same manner. Yeah, it's just probably just, just bad luck. I was like, okay. After that, I was like, I can't, I can't 
do this. So he left out of the room and I'm crying so hard because I'm frustrated. I'm scared. I don't want to be here. I don't want to get treatment here. So, um, so we went on with the appointment after we left. I told my mom and my sister, yeah, I'm going to need a second opinion. We're going to, we're going to get a second opinion and I'm going to Northwestern Memorial Hospital, which is one of the top hospitals in the nation. And so at that point, honestly, it really didn't even matter what Northwestern said. I just knew that I didn't want to get treatment there. So Northwestern is where I received um, treatment. It's the hospital where a lot of people call it the bougie hospital, (laughs) but the way... (laughs) The way that I was treated was like, oh my God, it, it, it makes me teary-eyed just to think of how, of how well they treat their patients, the empathy that they have, you know, the time that they take to thoroughly explain things, the empathy, you know, that they show, the services you know, that they provide. I was in chemotherapy getting acupuncture for free because they said acupuncture helps with the um, the pain and the side effects um, that comes along with chemo. I was able to get a massage. I was able to get a facial, hmm, you know. Just the little things. The little things, you know. Hmm. Um, and I'm just not sure that Hospitals or healthcare within our communities provide services and, you know, things like that, you know, and again, just the, just the different treatment that I received and just the delivery of the diagnosis Mm. made a huge difference. No wonder why you're the chief fighting officer. (laughs) Okay. You know, you have been on the front lines. You have had to get some dings in your armor, but you're still, you know, tell us about how you're showing up for other women with fight or fight harder, because I know people are probably like, wait a second, she did not just go through, and she still helped, but that's what we do. That's who we are. Yeah. We we go through hell and high water and we still come back. We still come back and show up for each other. That's Mm. what we do. That's what Black women do, you Mm. know? And I'm so glad that you mentioned that um, because, again, in the beginning, God told me that I needed to share my journey. And so I started to share before I started my chemo treatment. So I started sharing with my, of course, immediate family and then extended family. I said, I want everyone to know before I start putting it out on social media. And I'm a very transparent person anyway. So for God to say, to share it, he knew that he chose the right one because I am that person that just lives out loud. Um, So when I started to share on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, the outpouring of love was just amazing. I mean, people DMing me, people reaching out to me, from high school that I've never even had one conversation with just saying, I want to be there for you. How can I help you? 
do this? Can I come to your chemo treatment? You know, I, what's your address? I want to send you flowers. I want to send you a package. You know, just so much outpouring love. And so, um, so during my during my journey, I shared everything. The not so good days, the time when I lost my hair and my sister had to shave um, my head. That was one of the most hurtful parts of the whole journey um, for me. It was it was emotionally tough. And mm-hmm. so it took me some time to share that, but I knew that I needed to share it because again, the fight, it ain't pretty, you know? And so, so anyway, I've had women to reach out to me on social media saying, hey, I came across your page. I was just diagnosed with breast cancer, but going through your page has just given me the strength to know that I can make it through as well. And so there's one person um, in particular, she reached out to me. Actually, let me go back. Someone from my church um, on the staff reached out to me and said, you have my heart so full. Today I was like, what did I do? She said, you know, and this is during the pandemic. So, you know, we haven't physically been in church. She said to me, I've had someone to, uh, or we've had someone to join the church during this time. And so we asked, how did she find the church? And she said, actually, from one of your existing members, um, her name is Patricia Riley. She's like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, and I also saw that, you know, she went through breast cancer and everything. She's like, and I've been wanting to reach out to her, but I'm scared because I don't know her. I don't want to seem weird. And so uh, Miss Wendy is who it was, the person from, from church. And Miss Wendy told her, she's like, oh, the person that you see on social media is exactly who she is. Come she on, would want you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she would want you to reach out to her. She's like, she's like, I'm telling you. She's like, um, she's like, because that's that's just who she is. So that just made my heart <laughs> full mm. in the <laughs> fact that I'm showing up the way that you know God has purposed me to, you know. When you are the church. <laughs> right? Hello, somebody. And, yes. And so eventually she did reach out to me, Martina. She did reach out to me and I was able to help walk her through her journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so her and I still have yet to meet in, per- in person because of the pandemic. <laughs> but it's like we talk all the time, you know. Now she checks in on me like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, she she fought the good fight and she won the battle. So it's like it confirms that this is one of the reasons why I'm here. You know, I'm smiling ear to ear right now because <laughs> you are something special. You are someone special. You're building Aww. community. You are still in my eyes healing and being a healing presence 
which is incredible. Thank you. There are, you are welcome. There are so many people who suffer in silence are, yeah. are, you know, might be embarrassed by their journey or they don't think they have anything to share. They just are someone yeah. else, right? Um, who just so happen, right, to yeah. be diagnosed or I don't know what, what the idea or thought might be, but maybe, excuse me, but some people just choose not to share. And yeah. this is why I am so grateful for the Get My Life Tour because I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I don't know who is tuned in and needed yeah. to hear this for themselves, to share with a loved one or with whomever it is. But you sharing is so powerful. Yeah, thank you. On purpose, yeah. with purpose. Yeah. And you know... Another thing, because there has been moments recently, I recently shared a video on my social media pages um, because, as you said, I've still been in the fight. Yes, I've won the fight over breast cancer. I've gone through um, six chemo treatments and a mastectomy and reconstruction, all those things. But I still had to have another surgery just this past February on my liver, um, because there was a spot on my liver that they saw early on um, during the um, diagnosis. And so I had a biopsy on it um, in 2019. So they found that it was benign. It didn't have anything to do with cancer, but they wanted to make sure. So they wanted me to have it removed. So that was the surgery that I had done. And so I was reluctant to share that um with on my platform because I'm like oh well people people already know you know my journey they already know that I've gone through breast cancer they already know that I've won the fight I don't want to be a victim I don't want to appear like I'm looking for sympathy or social media attention but then I had to be reminded by God that I made a promise to him to share every part of my journey Right? <laughs> I'm not going to run out of my seat. I'm going to sit right here. <laughs> Don't Continue. run. Don't run, Lydia. Not, not yet. And so I was like, so wait a minute. So me not sharing it is making it about me. It ain't about you, Patricia. It's about your purpose. And so that morning, I had to be at the hospital at 5.30 a.m. I got my butt right on. <laughs> on video, made the video, sharing with everybody and letting them know exactly that, that I didn't want to share, but that it's not about me. And so a lot of times I, I believe that's why a lot of us are reluctant, you know, to share because of people. What would people say? What would they think? You know, so I'll just suffer in silence. And as you said, you know, I don't really have a story to share. My story is indifferent than this person. There's a ton of women that have been diagnosed with breast cancer, but everybody has a story. Everybody has a testimony. And what I know about mine is my transparency and my testimony is tied into someone else's deliverance, into someone else's healing, and possibly into their purpose. 
So I have Absolutely. no choice but to share. Oof. Remember the promise. Yes. Remember the promise. We often forget or disregard the promises we make to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the promises you make <laughs> made with the most mm. high. Mm. You don't want to break that promise. <laughs> you don't want to break that promise. And sometimes we we do. We do. Right? Because of yeah. how keeping that promise will look to other people. Wow. That's right. We break the promise because of what keeping that promise will look like to other people. We can't afford disobedience. A lot of us cannot. We cannot, Lydia. We can't. Some people are like, oh, I don't know repercussion, consequence, oh, whatever. No, no. I I don't want that smoke. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want don't the holy smoke. <laughs> nope. Not the right holy about smoke. It. I read about that holy smoke. Nope. Listen, I don't want no parts of it. Mm-mm. No. You know, there is so much that you have overcome. Uh, let's talk about thriving, okay? Because I love this mm. this this um term that has been coined. Um so thriver. And yeah. um let me give proper credit to the young lady who I saw use it first. And mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but this is who I saw use it first. Let me mm-hmm. find her name. Let me find this in real time. I believe her name is Christina, but it, I could be spelling it wrong. Let's just be fast, Lydia. Um, and let's say her name is Christina, but I'll get it right. Um, but this is a young lady and she is a media personality, and a couple of years ago, she actually shared that she was battling breast cancer. No one really knew, and it wasn't until she came out and did a beautiful photo shoot, and her hair was shorter, and of course, yeah. so many of us were used to seeing her one way. Um, she was like, mm-hmm. I'm a survivor, and I was like, I love that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Right. And I know we had that conversation about survivorship, but I have to ask, what does survivorship uh, look like for you? What does that mean to you to be someone who is thriving after surviving? So for me, surviving means it's something that you made it through. Thriving is there's something you're growing through. Surviving is something that you do or did. Thriving is something that you choose to do. So I'm choosing to not just exist now, but just to live, to live in my quote unquote, the term that we've heard so often lately, my new normal. You know what, Patricia, you're on fire. I know you heard that you before. You are so silly. <laughs> you are on fire. I, I like that. Growing through. Mm. Yeah. Growing through. Yeah. That says it all. Uh, 
Okay, and I actually found the young lady's name. I don't know where I got Christina from, but her name is Lindsay. Uh, Uh, She is an incredible young lady, so I do want to, you know, correct myself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, growing through. Yeah. Grown through so much. much. What excites you the most? about coming out on the other side? What excites me the most is that God chose me. That God trusted me. He trusted me with this battle. And there is something, um, this just popped up in my head. This was something that my niece, Courtney, said to me as I was going through my journey, she said, she's like, auntie, I'm so proud of you. She said, you wear cancer like a badge of honor. She's like, it's, it's amazing. And so when she said that, I said, a badge of honor. I was like, wow. And I'm like, that's, that's so deep, but it is, a, it is an honor. It is an honor that God, thought that I was strong enough, <laughs> number one, to go through this, you know, of course, with him. Also, that he trusted me to be transparent enough to share this and to be obedient enough to follow him during this journey. My goodness. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, and also... The biggest thing, I've always been one to, I love to help people. I love to encourage people. So that's exciting for me to be able to share such a painful part of me and to be able to pour that into somebody else to say, okay, I made it. You can make it. Breast cancer is not an automatic death sentence. It's not. Um. And so it's exciting to me to really see this foundation grow um, and to be able to pour it into so many other people and to see it take a life of, you know, to take a life of its own. You know, it started off as a foundation and now I have a podcast and, you know, and the thing about, you know, fight a fight harder, I can see it. Um, the primary foundation and the vision and a mission of it being about breast cancer, but fight a fight harder can be applied to any of our lives. Say that. We all have life challenges. We've all had to fight through something. We're all fighting through this global pandemic. You know, we've all had to pivot. We've all had to you know, one day wake up and our lives be completely changed and now have to adapt to a new normal. So we've all had to pivot our mindset. We've had to have more patience. We've had to change our perspective if we were going to make it through this pandemic. So I can just see the foundation, you know, just... Again, just taking a life of its own and going a lot further. You know, I'm so grateful that you said that because 
so many of us are fighting alone and Mm -hmm. you saying that it applies. I really hope that people are encouraged to seek out those who they can have stand alongside of them, right? As they show up, as they fight. That's what you're doing with the foundation, with the Fight or Fight Harder podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And (laughs) yes, come on. And just, you know, as you continue to show up, you know, I have to ask you about the impact your foundation has been able to have. Tell us how, just, just, just go ahead and just drop all the wings <laughs> on us. Let us know what you're up to. Yeah, so it is still in the infant stages of um, development, but I have been able to, again, pour into women that I haven't even met in person. You know, people that, again, have found me either through a mutual friend or they found me through my social media. And now we're forever connected. Um, So I have been able to um, walk them through the steps um, of their journey and letting them know what to expect, um, resources, um, things like that. Um, Also, I've been able to financially pour into people during this pandemic that were going through um, breast cancer. And I know it was, oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine going through treatment alone and not having someone to be able to accompany me, you know, because my support system was so strong, like I would have been out of my mind. So it pained me not to be able to be alongside those, you know, women. But the best thing that I could do, you know, was offer, you know, gift cards for Amazon or for their families um, for um, a meal or things like that. And so that that has been important for me during um, during this time to be able to do that. And I want to do so much more. I plan to do so much more. I am going to do you know, yeah. so much more. Um, also in helping to to provide, again, provide resources to those women that are in need to, uh, um, to equip them with the things that I needed during my fight that I didn't even know that, you know, I didn't need it because I didn't really have anyone to like hold my hand through the process and say, you know, we'll do this, get this, this is going to help with this side effect. So I want to be able to be that person. You know, you don't need the official lettering of 501c3. You didn't need an LLC, millions of dollars, none of that to get started. Yeah. Right? You use mm-hmm. what you have and yeah. you do it because you are on assignment, because it is a part of your calling and your purpose. And I really, I really hope that people hear that deeply and that is what you need to get started where you are with what you have. Oh my God. Yeah. You, (laughs) I just like want to give you all these virtual hugs. I'm like, yes. Oh my goodness. You know, before we get into your mind drop moment, Mm-hmm. I really would appreciate it 
if you speak directly to the women and men, right? Because I think sometimes we forget, um, not you, but just sometimes we just average people who haven't lived this experience um, or haven't been in close proximity to it, forget that men can also be diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Yeah, about 1% of men are diagnosed with breast cancer, yep. If you could speak to those who might be fighting um, at the moment or those who are now in remission um, and just send them a, a love note, anything that you feel shared, uh, you feel led, excuse me, to share with them. Yeah. So the first thing that I would share is feel what you need to feel. Don't allow other people, not even those closest to you, to project and say, you know, get over it. Well, you survive. Well, you know, that was then. And this is something that changes you forever. It changes you forever. So if you're in the middle of the fight has survived and is, and you're now thriving, feel those feelings. Feel what you need to feel to heal. And I would I would also say to those um, to those people that are afraid that have never ever gotten a mammogram or anything like that. It's just like, you know, well. I don't want to know, or I hear that it hurts. And, you know, mammogram, they're uncomfortable. But let me tell you something. Chemo is a lot more uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) So check on your girls. And another thing I wanted to share um, specifically to my Black women, um, one thing that we may not know or that um, people may not know is that Black women are less likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer, but Black women are more likely to die from breast cancer than white women, actually at a rate of 41%. So this, ladies... (laughs) please get your mammogram because early detection does save lives. It truly does. My goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Oh, look, you have been a godsend from the very first moment we spoke, I was like, you know what? Everyone needs to hear from you. And there's just so many layers and what should be open. And you had a yes in your heart. And I'm so grateful (laughs) that you had a yes in your heart. And I know that you have touched others during our time. You have also dropped the mic throughout this conversation, (laughs) um, which I'm grateful for. But it is time for you to officially drop the mic. So take a moment or two, and when you are ready, the stage is yours. Okay. 
My drop the mic is when life happens, when life challenges show up, whatever that may be, because they will show up. You have only two choices, and that's to fight or fight harder. That's it. (laughs) And there you have it. I absolutely cannot thank you enough for how you have showed up on this side of the tour. Patricia, I can only imagine the amount of people who are going to be like, hold on one second. I'm getting my life and I need to get this. I need to get my health. I need to get my appointment. I need to share this with someone because we all know someone. I'd like to think at this point it's so common, especially within the Black community. So many of us anyone who is not um, connected to someone who has fought for their lives in this yeah. way, right? So I definitely cannot wait um, to learn what impact uh, you sharing your story has had on others. Let people know how they can stay connected with you. Yes. So you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fight a Fight Harder Foundation. Um, The handle is at F-O-F-H Foundation. You can find my podcast, as Lydia um, stated, Fight a Fight Harder, the podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, come check your girl out. Come on. Yes, Amazon and iHeart. You better be out here working. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. Um, I just, I'm so full from this conversation. I'm, oh, I really am. I am. And I just keep really enjoying this. Oh, thank you. You're so crazy. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with you, Miss Lydia not, Blanco. Not even. Look. <laughs> Okay, let me tell people how they can stay connected because if not, we'll be on this call. And you're like, why are they still talking? <laughs> As always, you can stay connected with the Get My Life Tour by visiting the getmylifetour.com or by connecting on social on Facebook and Instagram at the Get My Life Tour and at Get My Life Tour on Twitter. If you'd like to stay connected with my work journalistically, be sure to connect with me on all social platforms at Lydia T. Blanco or visit my website, LydiaTBlanco.com. Y'all, if you have not gotten your life, I don't know what you were doing, right? Uh, But in all seriousness, I'm so grateful that you showed up today. And I really hope that you got what you needed and that you got enough to share with others. So be sure to subscribe, download, share with those who you are in community with. Patricia has done... uh, I, I'm, lo- I'm really lost for words, right? You, you really, you really, like, you see me oh, moving my hands and I'm like, oh. oh my God. <laughs> you, you did Thank that. Thank you so oh, much. You Thank you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. You know, y'all, this has been good. This has been what I've needed and I hope it's been what you've needed as well. Until the next stop on the Get My Life Tour, it has been real peace.